This podcast is brought to you by GG Poker. GG Poker won huge tournaments and hold the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament. As the world's biggest online poker room, GG Poker are making poker fun again. GG Poker offers exciting game formats and software features that aren't available anywhere else. So why play anywhere else? Plus, if you're new to GG Poker, get £60 free play when you make your first deposit of £10 or more. Players must be 18 plus. Full terms and conditions apply. Please see ggpoker.co.uk for details. BeGambleAware.org. Please play responsibly. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and today I'm delighted to be joined by John Paul Mason and Stevie Mullen. Welcome back to the show, guys. Welcome, Paul. Thanks for having us. Well, Cheers. it's always a it's always a pleasure to see. You. I mean, this time last week we were we were in the midst of that bad run, and uh, we were looking ahead to the European game. And I think the mood's changed a wee bit. What a difference a week makes in the life of a Celtic fan. Um, we'll be talking all about that, obviously, in the lead-up to the Scottish Cup final. And I will be interested to hear um, your thoughts on how Celtic are going to line up, because that seems to be the biggest concern, actually, in relation to um, you know Lenny giving players a start through loyalty and sentimentality. 
I'll start with yourself, JP. What's your thoughts on the comments by Neil Lennon, particularly after the last couple of games that we've enjoyed? Well, I think uh, I think there's been a lot made of this. There's been a lot of sort of uh, excitement about the last couple of games, and obviously relief that we've found our way back to winning ways. And I think you know everyone's just like, oh, but I can't believe he said that at the end. And you know, it's it's really kind of it's really it's almost put a, a, a dampener on things. And it's just like, well, I don't really see why it has. One, it could be mind games. Mm. And, you know, I, I don't doubt it for it. Because Neil Lennon's always sort of been saying in the past in his press conferences, when, when asked about team selections, he's like, well, I'm not going to tell you, Charles. You know, I'm not going to say this or that. I'm not going to reveal things. So if he has revealed something in that interview, how do we know that it is actually going to come to pass? And even if he did bring back Scott Brown, I don't have any fears about Scott Brown playing in the Scottish Cup final against Hart and Midlothian. I, I'm, you know, I just, I, I, I think, I think Scott Brown's been through the, the course of, of events uh, in the last nine years or more, and uh, I, you know, I don't think it would be, you know, a kick in the face to sorrow if he did bring back Scott Brown. Turnbull's a different story. Turnbull has to start on Sunday. There's no question for me that Turnbull's a starter on Sunday. Uh, he's played his way into that team, and Hazard. As well, I, I I can't see any sense in dropping him. It looks like he's going to keep Hazard now, possibly until Ibrox. Because why 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 change it again? Mm. That would be, it'd be weird. No, you're right. I mean, Stevie JP's of the view that um, you know Turnbull must start and Hazard should keep the jersey as well. Um, however, you know if Brown was to come into the team, then he wouldn't really be all that concerned, particularly with uh, the opposition that we're playing. What's your view on that in terms of the sentimentality, talking about the loyalty of the players that got us there? How would you uh, approach the, the lineup on Sunday? I would <coughs> make two changes from the team. I would have Christian for Frimpong, I'd have Laxalt in for Taylor. No room for sentiment for this game for last year or guys' previous great performances for the club getting us to the stage. We play the best team. We came upon this team last week through good luck, good fortune, and I don't think they've done anything to be dropped. Hearts are totally paceless, and I don't think Scott Brown would enhance our performance against them when we're playing against a paceless team. Mm-hmm. Absolutely no problem with him coming on for a cameo at the end of the game. If you're winning and to lift the cup, I think he deserves that, but I wouldn't have him the starting 11. See, when you're looking at the, the forward positions, and we've spoken to all the contributors this week about their predicted lineup, Stevie. And um, Edouard's off form. So on the one hand, I'm going on about playing the form players and ensuring that Sorrow and Turnbull and, and uh, Hazard start uh, playing Ayer at right back, playing Duffy at centre half. Uh, when it comes to Edouard, he's off form. So I'm probably contradicting myself by saying I would still start with Edouard. What's your thoughts on that one, Stevie? I, I would start with Edward. I don't see any of the other guys putting about the team because I don't think any of them are blinding for him either. But we know we've got a player that's capable on a big stage, which he's done even this season when he's not really been at it and performed admirably in the big games. And again, he's one of the guys, even though he's not playing all so well, um, you get a chance like he did against AC Milan and he still has that nonchalance to dink it over the goalie. And you look around and you think to yourself, well, you know, I'm a big fan of Lee Griffiths, but he's no fit. Ayeti is off form. Klamala... He's a trier, but, you know, beyond that, I'm not quite sure what he brings to the the equation. JP, what's your thoughts in relation to the one up top? Because I'm guessing he will still play with one up top. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think 
uh, Edward is, uh, is is surely got to start on Sunday. I mean, I, I I've been as frustrated as anybody watching him play because you just think you start to think is is his heart not in it and things like that. But there was one still image that I saw from the game on Sunday when they were cel- all the players were celebrating Duffy's goal. And right centre of the the picture was was Edward with a big beaming smile, mm-hmm. and I just and I just thought, nah, this guy's still he's, there's there's still a good amount of him there with with Celtic, and you know I just think things haven't been coming off for him. You know that volley against uh, was it against it was it against uh, Kilmarnock where he hit the volley from Turnbull's pass. You know, where it, another another game that goes in off the post or something like that, and you know, there's there's other wee things that he's tried that just haven't come off, and uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if something came off on Sunday for him. Put it that way. Mm-hmm. JP, have you any concerns about Sunday? I mean, I would never be lax about any uh, cup final or playing Hearts just because they're in the championship. Um, how do you see the game going? Do you think we can continue this uh, this run? I'm calling it a run. It's two games, um, building momentum. Do you think that there has been um, a turning point in Celtic season? I know that after the Leo game, we were all trying to temper our enthusiasm and our reaction. But if you start to you know string two three games together, then you're looking towards Ibrox and you're trying to to then win your league games in between. Then, do you think you know the signs are there that we can turn this season around? I, I do. I, I would never be as uh, as uh, bullshit as to say, oh, well, we're just going to go and we're going to batter hearts and they're a championship team and they're this and they're that because it's a cup final. And as we saw last night, anything can happen in a cup game. Hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, it's it's one of those. It's, but, but at the same time, I, I did make a point when I was on last week, uh, which was pre the Leo game. And, and, I, and I, I made the point that a lot of the players I thought were maybe a bit kind of Maybe a bit lethargic. Maybe a bit kind of, you know, we've been this, we've been through this before, and you know, do we really want to do it again? And I think the new players, as I said, uh, would would encourage a bit of hunger and and have injected a bit of hunger, which can rub off on other people. It's it's like when I started going on tour with a band uh, with the Twilight Sad. I would be all excited about all the new things we'd be doing on tour, and they're like, "Oh, you know, we've, we've done this before. We've ran up the rocky steps. Do you know what I mean? We've, you know, we've been to, you know, uh, this that, this place or that place." And, but then they've said to me after the affair, they've been like, "You know, you coming on tour gave us a bit more enthusiasm because we were like, you know, getting excited again about doing things." And I think that's yes. maybe what's happening here with, you know, these wee guys coming in who've not won anything, and then they're contributing to a winning team. And then all of a sudden, the other players are going, "Oh, this is actually, you know, this is what it's all about," you know. And I, I really think that's good. There's a lot to be said for that. You know, when you're looking at it, Stevie, you're looking at the enthusiasm and the added energy that the the newbies bring to the the table, particularly Sorrow. I mean, people were mentioning Sorrow in the same breath as Luca Connell. Give Luca Connell a game. Give Sorrow a game. And for me, they were kind of on the same level in terms of where they were in the pecking order. I hadn't seen enough of Sorrow, but. And, and on one hand, I'm thinking, brilliant, it's, it's worked out as something of a masterstroke. But then I'm asking, why wasn't he introduced to the side before now? Because the team were, were looking a bit stale. Um, how important for you do you think this added energy brings to the Celtic side? And would you um, encourage you know, the likes of Sorrow and Turnbull and, and Hazard, if you, were a, if you were a football manager or involved in a football team, um, would, you, would, that, would you be encouraged if you were another young guy coming through, such as the likes of, let's say, Henderson, who we've seen this season, 
Johnson coming back into the side. How how good does that feel for these other guys? Thinking you know we might be part of that. I don't think we should dismiss the part Ewan Henderson played last week. I don't want to come on. I mm-hmm. thought he was very very good. The young guys in the middle of the park, and we all have to be aware they'll have a dip in form. You know if they continue to play, they will not play at that level every week. But they've gave you a vibrancy about the team. I love David Turnbull's attitude. He usually takes the ball in the half turn to drive forward, mm-hmm. where the other guys take a first touch to go back and keep possession. If he does that, then he's getting right onto the opposition's back four. Soros covering every blade of grass. I think he made, was it something like nine tackles in the first half le- first half last week against Leo, which again is fantastic because Scott and Callum McGregor haven't been making the tackles. So all of a sudden they're good players going, where's this guy coming from? I thought it was a real show of character to come back after losing a goal, you know, twice to get back with a winner. Previously, we ended up losing that game 4-2. I thought it was brilliant. Great to see the young goalie as well. Well, we've spoken about goalkeepers uh, quite a bit this season, Stevie. We've also spoken about the lack of youth coming through. Uh, People then start giving us all the names of those who have established themselves. But for a club the size of Celtic, you know, I don't think that enough youth players have come through. When was the last goalkeeper? Was it David Marshall? Um, And of course, he lasted a few seasons before moving on. Um, Striker, when was the last prolific goal scorer that we, we brought through the ranks? We used to be famed for bringing through goal-scoring strikers. So when I'm looking at Hazard, I've seen a lot of people saying, well, you know, it's a cup final um, and we should maybe go with someone who is more experienced than, you know, the likes of Bain or Barkas. But for me, you know, you can't on one hand want youth to develop, but then when you get a a sight of someone who can make a difference, then drop them for a big game like that. Um, I, I believe that Hazard will start against Hearts. I mean, if he doesn't, Stevie, what, what would that do to the lad's confidence? I think he's just got to start because he's been playing better. The other two guys are new because they've been injured or they've been suspended. Both of them were dropped because they weren't performing well enough. So I don't see what you do. I don't think that young guy's done anything wrong. And to get your development, here's another question. When was the last time we developed a Scottish goalie? It's got to be David Marshall. Mm-hmm. No, you know, you're so right. I, I think he started. I think the communication's better because I don't think Barkas has got much English. So even try to organise yourself with a defence if you can't speak the language, I think would be a big, big problem. I think him coming in, Duffy coming back in to the left side of the defence has been quite a sh- shocking thing, but he's done very well. And I've never been a great Christopher uh, Christopher Iron supporter as a centre-back, and I think he looks tailor-made for right-back. Now, th- this is a big thing um, with, with Iyer because, again, you know, we, we spoke to Alan Morrison, who does the stats, uh, Celtic by numbers, and he was very complimentary about Ayer's defensive abilities, but a lot of Celtic fans I speak to don't rate him as a defender. Um, and I think that since he's gone into the right-back position, uh, Stevie, not only has he flourished going forward particularly, but then, you know, it's given an opportunity to Duffy, and it's almost salvaged a player who a lot of us were writing off. So, JP, at the beginning of the season... I think uh, Tommy Rogic had almost been written off. It was as if, you know, he was going to go to Qatar and we'd never see him again uh, for four million pounds as it happens. Shane Duffy was maybe in the same boat. People are asking, can we send them back to Brighton in January? All of a sudden, because of the the change in, in position of Ayer, he's covering for a right back, El Hamid, who seems to be on his way out. Have we got a player back in Shane Duffy? Has he turned his Celtic career around? Uh, well, just before I talk about Shane Duffy, I just wanted to pick up on uh, what you were saying about, you know, why were these guys only played last Thursday, you know, when mm. we've, been, we've been crying out maybe for them to come in. And I think, 
you know, as much as people have been critical of Neil Lennon, myself included, I mean, some people have been a bit more uh, vehement with their criticism than others. But, uh, you know, you've got to probably credit Neil Lennon with taking that opportunity to put them in in that game, which was a no-pressure game. If he'd have put them in against Ross County and they hadn't performed and we'd lost to Ross County, we're a busted flush at that point because we've got no we've got no reserves left basically to play. But putting them in, probably knowing that they were capable of a performance like that, because he sees them in training, it's not like it's not like he would have been surprised by that. Surely you, you you like to think not anyway. So putting them in in that game against Leo was his perfect platform for them to play, and then for them to play and beat a very very good Leo side with something to play for. Mm. Uh, who had something to play for. And that gives their confidence levels a massive shot in the arm to go forward into the next game and the game after that. So I think, you know, as much as everyone's just like, oh, you know, laying out and all that, I, I think, you know, huge credit to him for that. And also, moving on to Duffy, I've read Shane Duffy's comments. I watched the interview that was with, uh, is it PLZ Soccer or something like that? It wasn't with any of the mainstream channels, but there was a whole interview just with Duffy talking about how Lennon had put an arm around him and said, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I'm backing you. And he was going around to, you know, make, make sure he was all right at his house and all that. Because his children, I think, are in, are in Derry. And, uh, you know, he just lost his dad, you know, just before he like, signed. So there's a lot of factors in Duffy's life that play into this scenario, mm. uh, you know, that, that people have to remember. And, you know, perhaps it isn't a great surprise that with some nurturing and some TLC, you know, he comes back and delivers performances like he has done in the last couple of games. And who's who's to say he won't save another one for uh, Ibrox Park? Well, let's hope so. I mean, Stevie, what's your thoughts on that? I've been very critical of Neil Lennon. Uh, maybe not as vehement as some some people, particularly on social media, but I made my feelings known, Stevie, uh, speaking to yourself, speaking to um, other pundits on a, a Celtic state of mind. But JP makes a good point there uh, because obviously Shane Duffy spoke highly of the way that Neil Lennon managed his situation um, when he was going through tough times, obviously a wee bit of illness and injury, his family are elsewhere, he's lost his father. Um, and Lenny put the arm around him and, and done the old man management bit. Um, we've given Lenny, I say we, as a, as a Celtic support, we've given him a, a hard, hard time. Um, sometimes you think when we've got that view about Neil Lennon, we seem to ignore some of the good stuff he's doing, such as the man management. I think it would be great with his players. I think he would be absolutely great. His loyalty to his players is beyond reproach. But it sometimes jumps up and bites him. We can't get away from the fact that we've been poor as a team. You've always asked people, what's the 90 minutes? The first time we get 90 minutes was last Thursday night. Mm -hmm. That was a good 90 minutes. So there's something lacking in the whole setup at Celtic. Whether everything is Neil Lennon's fault, I wouldn't think so. But he is the ultimate guy who's going to fall in his head. He's the manager of Celtic. So you're not going to sack 28 players. Neil Lennon can't get rid of the board. So if things don't change, and I'm absolutely delighted with the last two performances, but who would have thought that Klamala, Sorrow, Turnbull and Hazard could come in and done a job? It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. 
and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Everybody that comes into your studio could have thought that the only person who did they think it was Neil Lennon mm-hmm. because he's stubbornness. So, yep. Great man managed handling, Shane Duffy puts that. Lot of else it falls on his head because he's been too stubborn to change something that wasn't working. And if he goes back on Sunday, a game that I think Celtic would win comfortably if we set up with pretty much the same team, it'll fall on his head again if it doesn't work. Well, this is a big thing because we're looking at all eventualities, Stevie. If he does make the changes that have been suggested, I mean, they're not confirmed. We won't know until one o'clock on uh, Sunday afternoon what the team's going to be. But if he does make those changes from what is a winning side, and I, I take it on board that it's only two games we've won, and it doesn't work, does anything change? Now, we'll be getting on to speaking about some of the comments at the AGM where it's quite clear that the board are completely backing Neil Lennon. They've already said that they'll review the situation in January. If the the worst case scenario occurs on Sunday, does anything change in that respect? Would they make a change between now and Ibrox on the 2nd of January, do you think, Stevie? Well, January's only two weeks away, two weeks and Friday, Paul. You know, so we don't really have that much to, to wait after that. You know, Would they do it on the 1st of January when you're going to play your rivals on the 2nd? I, I don't know if they would. So would they allow that game to go ahead? and then have another Zoom call. But yeah, we can't afford to, to lose on Sunday. We're really in a verge of magnificent history that probably won't ever be called again. We, we can't gamble with that through blind loyalty. You know, don't I, I don't think Sorrow and Turnbull are world beaters, but they're playing admirably well for us in the couple of games they've played and have added an energy that's enthused the other players. Mm. Aye, without a doubt. I mean, the the difference in performance of McGregor, for example, I think McGregor was excellent against Kilmarnock. Um, he's not been in his best form this season, so when you bring some uh, someone like Sorrow in, it seems to have energised or given him a wee bit of freedom, Stevie. I mean, JP, what what is your view on this? Because, I mean, I don't think it's as simple as saying we can review it in, in January if the worst happens on Sunday. Uh, well, I think, you know, you have to... Uh, factor in the the, the the possibility that yes it's a cup final yes it's a cup tie yes there's a possibility we could lose you know I, I I don't want to think about losing because it's a horrible scenario especially to to that team um, but uh, I think you know if, if we were to lose in a way that was you know 
controversial or we, we, or you know it wasn't because we didn't put up a performance. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I think that, that there's, there's got to be that factor then. But I, I just can't see anybody else but Neil Lennon being in the dugout for for Celtic at Ibrox on the second of January. I, I, and regardless, you know, I, I can't see us capitulating uh, between now and then and the, the fixtures that we have. So. Well, you know, you've mentioned you've mentioned Ibrox now, JP, so I'm going to run with it because on a Celtic state of mind, uh, we're not obsessed with Rangers, as someone has said in the comments. We've not even mentioned them. Um, but if we're going to be playing them, if we're looking ahead to a fixture, if they are indeed the challengers, then you've got to mention them. So we spoke about the performance and the result after the Dundee United game because I said at that time I didn't expect Dundee United to get anything. Uh, from that game, but there were there were signs. There were signs that this side, who have been put on a pedestal this season uh, due to this unbeaten run, um, could be got at. And and I think we did get signs. And I was delighted for um, the young boy Smith to score against uh, Rangers at Tannadice because I'm a big Celtic fan and I know he's he's old man. So I was delighted for him. But I was looking at that and I'm looking at the the incident with what should have been a sending off. And I'm thinking, you know, they can't go through the whole season uh, riding their luck and not dropping points. So you know, I've used the the um, the headline Celtic know what it takes to be invincible because at no point do I ever take that for granted that season the actual you know that the incredible effort that it would take to go through an entire league campaign and indeed uh, two other domestic trophies as invincibles and this club that we are facing at the moment certainly are not and I'm not saying uh, JP that it's going to be another capitulation like we saw last season but the signs are there and the signs are there from last night's game that there are going to be occasions and obviously they've got additional fixtures in Europe as well Um, but the most important thing is that you know Celtic ensure that we keep our backyard in order and I think with the the actual squad that we've got we can continue this run but if it comes down to the ineptitude of team selection Stevie and we'll see this on Sunday if, if this is something that might rear its ugly head again then, you know, we might be looking at a situation where that draw against uh, Hibs at Easter Road or the draw against St. Johnston might cost us. I've said it all season, it might come down to one point. I don't think there's going to be an unassailable uh, points difference between Rangers and Celtic by the time even we go to Ibrox. I honestly think there's going to be points dropped, but we need to make sure that we keep our, um, our own house in order. So when you're when you're looking at the last couple of performances by our, our main challenger, Stevie, um, what's your view on that? Are we going to see something similar where we start to string together a, a, a run of results whereby we're going into the Ibrox encounter, we've got our games in hand, they've maybe dropped a couple of points? Pressure's a great thing in football, and if you can play under pressure, you're usually a good player. But pressure can really manifest itself in many different ways. I was really disappointed that Celtic didn't get to play Aberdeen last night in the league game. Mm-hmm. None of the two of them had a fixture. That would have been a good thing to get a wee bit more points on the board, hopefully, before you go to the weekend, because you could fall further behind points-wise. Yep. And they're always better in the bag as no. But they, now you get into the pressure end of it. This is where things start to happen. You get the injuries, you get the wee bit of suspensions. We've got a great squad, but it's got to have to be managed correctly. And that means playing the guys who are in possession of the jersey the now until their forum dips or they pick up an injury or suspension. Uh, I, I think we, we can still challenge. I, I'm not throwing the towel in, in any shape or form, but we need to use and utilise our players in the position they're doing with the energy we've shown in the last two games. 
Okay, we'll not mention the decisive uh, the the factor of Dallas getting injured in the, in the warm-up <laughs> before the game um, in relation to last night because uh, obviously we didn't want to be called obsessed um, in that respect either. We will get a, a look at the comments coming through on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. But before we do that, I would like to say a big congratulations to the Jimmy Johnson Academy, who last week won a national award, Stevie, um, our old pal Jim Simonetti, who obviously has been on a Celtic state of mind many a time. Um, and all the, the people that help him at the Academy won an award for their Freedom From Torture campaign, which uh, was was incredible. Um, have a look on Twitter, have a look on YouTube for the video, and rightful winners of that award. So well done to Jim, uh, Kenny, and all the rest of the people that help at the Academy. That was a brilliant accolade for them for all the hard work that they put in um, this weekend just a reminder we are raising funds for those uh, vulnerable people in our communities such as the homeless people who are suffering from mental health um, as well as vulnerable kids and people who need to use food banks at this time of year of uh, of all uh, of all years one of the worst years in living memory if not the worst um, at the moment we've just been informed before we came into the room that uh, we've just hit seven grand in terms of the total and that's before we start the event this weekend, which is a 24-hour live event split into two 12s. JP, I don't know if you're old enough to remember Live Aid and all that kind of stuff. Um, there won't be much singing, but uh, we'll certainly be going live, trying to raise cash, and we're bringing together uh, a lot of talented Celtic um, podcasters, you know, and they're going to be getting one hour at a time. And um, it's going to go like clockwork, obviously. It's going to be seamless. I'll, I'll be here in the background uh, making sure of that. So hopefully uh, we can raise as much cash as possible. But it is incredible, JP, when Celtic fans come together, just how big a difference we can make, isn't it? Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, and, you know, props to you for setting it up. I think it's, it's a really great idea. And I think people are are buying into it literally and will buy into it even more when it kicks off because like using the power of of a social media tool like Twitter you know uh, uh, you know when you've got so many uh, streams uh, not streams so many um, different sites and putting it all together at the same time I think that you, you'll really see a huge impact from that I've no doubt no, I mean, I'm looking forward to it and I'm looking forward to uh, St. Rock's, Stevie, being one of the organisations who are coming on to tell us your story, not only about the club, but about Rock Talk. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's brilliant that the awareness is getting better all the time around mental health issues and it's good to talk. There's a lot of great campaigns, but one that I've always been impressed by is Rock Talk and what you guys do at James McGrory Park. For anyone who hasn't heard already, give us a wee insight into uh, what we might expect when you guys appear on Saturday. Well, the four people who will be taking part in the podcast all attend Rock Talk. The The youngest one would probably be our manager, Paul Kelly, who I think is 56 the oldest will be 76, we're on the president, Gordon Hammond, and we all turn up every Sunday for Rock Talk, and we all benefit greatly from it. Mm-hmm. So we range, the youngest person who comes, I think, is 34, Gordon's the oldest at 76. And every Sunday morning, we have at least 18 people who come in attendance. Some of them are okay with their own mental health, but they have members of their family who suffer from bad mental health, and they learn so much about the traits and what affects their person that they stay with, mm-hmm. which then, then allows them to cater better for them and be more understanding when they go home. You know, not everybody who comes to the group speaks. Some of them are quite quiet. 
but they're all getting some benefit from it. And it's every Sunday morning. And over the last couple of weeks, we've probably had great results where we were able to put an intervention with people who were really making a plan to complete suicide. You know, so it's got a benefit. Things have got worse through the pandemic, through people being furloughed at their work, so much time in their hands, and they need these avenues to express themselves and get some support. Definitely, I think it's a great it's a great job that you're doing, Stevie. And we will be supporting Rock Talk as one of our four nominated charities this weekend as well. So seven grand. And and JP, what about some of these videos we're getting from the likes of Gianni Capaldi, Tommy Boyd, Bernie Slavin? I've got some other crackers on my phone, by the way. Uh, Frank McAvenny as well. Let's not forget he's uh, my original Celtic hero, uh, scoring scoring those two goals in the Scottish Cup final. Apt timing, uh, yeah, he's a uh, he's some guy. I've met him a couple of times, and he's he's not disappointed. Let's put it that way. He's just he's he's cracks amazing, and uh, yeah, it was good to see him getting involved. And the the ambassador, oh, uh, yep, uh, who shares my birthday actually. Uh, I, I went and did the Celtic Park tour on my twenty first birthday, and my mate uh, gave the the. The tour guide that the heads up, and they went and got Tom Boyd out and came up to him. He was like, Heard it's your birthday, sir. And I was like, Aye, it's yours as well, right? And he was like, Aye, aye, <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, I've got a picture of that, actually. I'll send you. Have you, JP? Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is actually a great ambassador for the club, Tom Boyd. And, um, you know, you look at what he achieved for the club uh, and the fact that, you know, he isn't involved in terms of the management and the coaching but he's always there and thereabouts I think he you know he lives and breathes the club and oh, yeah. um, he's always he's always got time for you as well which is tremendous and yeah. um, I was also saying Stevie Stevie Mullen um, we had Jackie McNamara in this week chatting away it, it wasn't for a Celtic state of mind but Jackie followed that up by giving us a video and also a donation to the charity which was brilliant but, you know, I, I do still think Jackie's a great loss to Scottish football. I, I, you know, people say, oh, he, he was he was um, a failure at York City. Um, and then, you know, people's views are skewed on his time at Dundee United uh, because I think he'd, he actually, for a spell, done a great job um, for some time at Dundee United and the amount of players that he developed there and obviously the club sold them on, cleared off all their debt. You compare uh, where the club are now to where they were when Jackie left them. And they've gone back to, you know, being several million pounds in debt. So, you know, do you think someone like Jackie, who has making a, a brilliant recovery from his health scare, might re-enter the, the field again in Scottish football? What would be his aspirations, Paul? I, th- I think that could maybe determine it. If he thinks he's going to get a Premier League job, you know, would they be sufficiently satisfied that his health is back to normal, you know, mm. and would they be willing to take a risk, you know, that the pressure he could be put under could affect him again health-wise or would Jackie's aspirations maybe be a wee bit lower because there could certainly be a job for him. He, he should be involved in football. Yeah. But it depends what level he would be looking to get back in it. Well, that was the question. Once he left, because he, he made an impression uh, on everybody that he spoke to in here and we were talking about him um, and we were talking about Celtic and perhaps the, the management side of things isn't where he's maybe aiming to be at Stevie but then you look at the amount of players he's developed and you, then you think well surely there's a place at, um, in our youth academy could he not be part of that because I mean he obviously knows a player he's developed so many talented young players he continues to do it because you know he represents players um, he's a consultant for Dunfermline Athletic um, who obviously have done pretty well fairly recently with, with players like Nisbet who went on to play with Hibs um, so I 
I do sometimes look at Jackie and think, you know, Yara lost to the game. I'd love to see him at Celtic Park, Park in some capacity. But do, you, do you know the ins and outs of the contracts for these guys, Paul? I, I, I don't. I was talking to somebody the other day and they were saying, certainly not recently, but in the not too distant past, the person that was in charge of the sort of youth development for every player who went through the youth system into the first team, there was a £10,000 bonus All right. for them. Mm-hmm. You know, so are you trying to nurture talent to make them progress and stay in the first team or are you just trying to get them in the first team to get your bonus? You know, so there would be a huge, huge conflict of interest there, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not going to cast aspersions in anybody's character, but some easy way to get a carve up. <laughs> <laughs> There's some brilliant comments coming through today, Stevie, but what I would like to do um, is have a wee chat about the AGM because it was happening live during Monday's bulletin, which was just coincidental that that happened to be uh, going on at that time. And a few people says that, you know, I was overcritical of just about all the points that were made, Stevie. So you and I had a wee chat before we came on live today and you've got a slightly different take from the views that I was expressing on Monday. Yep, I watched the show on Monday with Sarah and Kevin. I watched it the following day with Natasha and Lawrence and I watched it yesterday with Amy and Kevin. And if we have a Christmas night out when everything's free, I'll have a table I want or I won't get a, <laughs> an invitation at all. Because I think the, the view that Celtic would use an AGM to make a statement to the fans, telling them everything that was going wrong with the club and honest, owning up to in an honest way to make that statement, I think it would be a Gerald Ratner moment. And I think the club could absolutely bomb if we were to do that. So going for the comments that would made with all your guests, and again, it's their opinion, so I respect it. Mine's is slightly different. In fact, it's totally different. That if Peter Law was to make in a statement that the fans would hope, in their opinion, would be honest, he doesn't allow the manager to pick the team. He doesn't allow the manager to make signings. He does all that. He's got a head of football operation. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. ...that he overruns. It gets a club to do exactly what he says. We kind of get a new manager in. We've got to keep the existing one, although he doesn't think he's good enough because a new manager wouldn't come in and work under him. We then expect Neil Lennon to say, I can't manage the team. I struggle to get their fitness up. They lack hunger. And I don't know what to do because Peter won't let me do anything. He won't allow me to bring in my own backroom team. Then we've got a Gerald Ratner, who was the director of, in fact, the owner of Ratner's group, which watches a Switzerland, H. Samuel, and totally bombed because he made inappropriate comments about the quality stuff. I, I think it would be absolutely ludicrous to use an AGM to make a statement like that. I know you think there should be better fan engagement, and I can't disagree with that. I don't know the correct way to do it, but in my opinion, it certainly wouldn't be an AGM. We've got 10 sort of major shareholders, a lot of them are investment companies, who have invested their pension funds into it, and they would all bomb overnight if we made a, a statement like that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what this show does, Stevie, is it gives everybody a platform to hear their views. And 
when you put it like that, it's sensible and it's balanced. And it makes me look at my comments and think, well, you know what, Stevie, you're spot on. Because I still don't agree with what Peter Lowell and Neil Lennon said. 100% still don't agree. But obviously, I appreciate why they've said it. And that, that goes down to exactly what you've said there. Um, when it comes to the fan engagement, I, I still think there's a lot of work to do. It was right that they should uh, give JP Taylor a mention because I think the work JP does is brilliant and I like him a lot. I think he needs more support, but I think that's something that they've been planning for some time. Um, but in terms of the actual um, the communication aspect, we did ask JP, I'm going to come to yourself, we asked Peter Lowell for an interview. Uh, which was called Attention Seeking Online, which is great. I get so many compliments on Twitter. Eh? Um, attention Seeking Online. It wasn't Attention Seeking. It was to offer um, our listeners uh, a platform to, to post questions that we could um, obviously ask Peter Lowe. It wouldn't have been live. There's no way I would have expected him to do that. Um, but it's not been a no. What, what we've been told is not just now and we're going to revisit that, is going to be reviewed in January. Um, if you were speaking to Peter Lowe yourself, JP, what kind of questions would you be asking the CEO? Uh, I mean, if it was completely candid and it was a sort of free shot, uh, I definitely would be asking him about the, the, tra- the transfer policy over the last 10 years because when Stevie read out that list of January transfer signings, Mm. Uh, it was it was pretty deflating, you know, to to just to know how how much money has been sort of, I mean, pretty much squandered. You know, it's it's let's not let's not mince words. It has been squandered, mm. and that and and you know, you could say, oh, that that's our money, as in we've put the money into the club, and this is what you're doing with it. So I would probably try and word the question in a way that wasn't completely offensive, but was you know to the point uh, with regards to that. I think. Well, see when you when you do look at the the roll call or the the roll of dishonour that Stevie <laughs> read out the other week, um, it it seems as though we are still trying to to pull out a nugget from all these names. You know, we're still looking for a Van Dyke, Stevie, or a, a Wanyama, or a Dembele that we can come come into the club for two or three seasons and sell on a massive profit. Do you think those days are gone, Stevie? Well, as I said to you earlier on, Paul, our head of football operations is now actually on my board of directors, Nicky Hammond. So he's got some sway at the club, some real power. Mm. If you were having the riots last week at Celtic Park, he could have walked through in the middle of it and nobody would have known who he is. (laughs) So he's anonymous. But I think the market is harder and harder because we had some great success but now everybody's aware of our success and they're trying to tap into the markets that yeah. we are currently are previously working in. It's going to be harder and harder. They're still there if you work hard, but I know we've got a real network, you know. If you talk to Tosh, you know, on a Friday night, he's in some strange land, you know, trying to unearth a gem for us. So we're still working very hard, but it's going to be harder to get that gem. Mm, it certainly is. Now we'll go over to some of the questions that are, or comments that are coming through. Starting off with IH Decorating, welcome back to the show. And you're commenting on YouTube. If you are watching on YouTube, please ensure that you subscribe. Everything that we're doing is free of charge, and we're building up the subscription base gradually. Now IH Decorating say, hopefully this acts as a spur to the club and the players. Perhaps this week is a pivotal week in the season. Win the Scottish Cup and really push on. We must apply as much pressure into Rangers as possible and of course 
He was referring, JP, to last night's game. Um, I've got to admit, it came as a surprise to me. I uh, had one eye on it at 2-1, and then I seen it going at 2-2. I thought, same old story, waiting for the penalty to be awarded, and then St Mirren win, which was brilliant. Um, do you think that does spur us on? Is things starting to happen at the right time for Celtic now? Can we build this momentum? Um, and obviously a big part of that will be the Scottish Cup on Sunday. Well, you said you didn't see it coming, uh I did, and I put my money where my mouth is. Uh, I just wish I'd put more money on it because I, I just had a feeling last night that it was going to that it was going to fold uh, for them. Uh, I just looked at St Mirren's recent results, and I thought Jim Goodwin, real canny operator, uh, and Obika up front, always a handful. And uh, as somebody else was saying last night on a podcast, I think it was, uh, or somewhere, somebody was saying that they basically just put Obika on Goldson and and that stopped Goldson playing these long balls forward. So the, the ball was forced to go to Balogun and Balogun doesn't have the same quality as Goldson with his passing. So mm. it just completely nullified that part of their game. And, you know, if, if Jim Goodwin can do something like that, you'd like to think that our coaching team can come, come up with something for Ibrox. And this whole thing about Ayer playing at right back, Ayer didn't put his hand up in training and say, I want to play right back. You'd, you know, our coaching staff decided to play him at right back and have to be given the credit for that happening. So, um, but um, yeah, I think I think last night, you know, it just it just shows that, you know, it's a hard, hard thing to do. As the title of the, the, the show says, it, we know what it takes to be invincible. And I, I don't think that'll happen again. I really don't think that will ever happen again in our lifetimes that, you know, a team goes through an entire season and wins every single trophy and remains unbeaten. Like, that's just, it's, it's ridiculous. And it, it should be grateful that we've lived in that time. And I think with the Scottish Cup coming up, right, rightly, at, at this point, it's come at a time to remind everybody that we are, you know, the dominant force in this in this country in terms of winning trophies, which is what, which is what matters. Really? Mm. No, you're spot on. And you actually did send me a screenshot of that bet, so I know that it definitely happened. And you, <laughs> you did back St Mirren last night, and, which I was very impressed about. Um, now, there was a comment, Stevie, the other day from Natasha, which I found pretty interesting because I hadn't seen the video, but um, it was Daffa Bet rather, speaking to Scott Brown. And he was speaking in such a way that he was almost suggesting, yeah, I will be playing, I'll be leading the team out. And we're getting another message coming through uh, from Zinkovix8754. Uh, we must go out and give everything to nail this quadruple treble. It looks like Lee Griffiths may be starting too. So his Daffabet interview. Um, what would you read into that? I know McIverney, Frank McIverney, uh, earlier this week was saying that he, he would maybe throw in Lee Griffiths for a game like uh, Sunday's game. Uh, I, I still view Lee Griffiths as being some way off a, a starting berth at Celtic. Again, what would be the basis of starting Lee Griffiths based on what we've seen? Mm-hmm. You know, when was his last appearance? He's been injured. He's been, see when he came on a few weeks ago, I, I thought he had a belly, which I thought was alarming. I, I, I can't see Lee Griffiths. Again, maybe for the first time for a wee while, Celtic have been really cute with his adverts, you know, to maybe to throw a wee sort of smokescreen away, you know, that both Scott Brown and Lee Griffiths are going to start. I, I would be absolutely amazed if both of these guys started. Absolutely amazed. And just to go back to your point about Natasha and Amy, I think they've been absolutely great additions to the Axum team, Paul. No, I would agree with that, uh, 100%. As has our very own JP. Yeah, JP came into the studio a couple of years back and um, 
it's been our intention to get you involved ever since then, but obviously everything else takes over. JP, before I ask you another question, you've got a Celtic jersey hanging over your right shoulder. Um, bizarrely enough, everybody I think knows that I have written some time ago the book on Celtic kits. It's not been released yet. Um, maybe next year will be a better time to release it. I don't know. I'll need to ask the publisher. Um, but that jersey, I remember when that came out, it's a black and gold one, Stevie. Yep. And was it Black Magic? Was that the... Mm-hmm. I think that was the tagline, wasn't it? And I wasn't a big fan. But see, when I started writing about it for the actual... The, the kit book, I, I had this newfound love for that that kit. I think it's class. I probably would have preferred it if it was a full-colour crest. What's, what's the biggest memories you have associated with that jersey? And which player do you think of when you see that Celtic jersey? Uh, I think... I'm pretty sure Chris Sutton wore it with like long sleeves and I remember that and that must have been sort of I don't know what what season was it again you're going to you, you know Stato is going to need to remind me here what this what season it was Oh I'm I'm taking a stab I'm going to say 2004 Yeah because it, it was after the Seville season Yeah I think it was so it would have been Larson's last season then right uh, and he scored, was, he scored a few goals wearing that jersey, I seem yeah. to remember. Yeah. And he, I also said that it's his favourite Celtic top because he picked it out on a on an interview when they were in like this sort of shop where they had loads of old strips laid out and he picks that one out and says, this is my favourite Celtic top. So I don't know. I just, it's, yeah, it was like O'Neill's sort of last last hurrah and uh, uh, it, was, it, it, was a, it was a special thing. Just looking back at my tickets, I was, I was figuring out how many Scottish Cup finals I've actually attended in my life, and it's mm. six, only six, which doesn't sound that many. But I mean, I guess over the course of time, you know, that it was always hard to get tickets for Scottish Cup finals. They were like gold dust, and to think that there's one happening on Sunday with nobody there, it's just it's heartbreaking. But um, but yeah, I, I keep all my strips in decent condition. Oh, you certainly, you certainly do. I'm, I'm actually looking at that. I don't have my notes uh, in front of me, JP, but I'm going to say that was the first ever Celtic jersey that uh, had the star on its crest. I think that was I where think, it was introduced. I, I think uh, you're right. Yeah, I think I, think I remember that. Mm-hmm. And I'm now looking at it thinking, did Craig Bellamy wear that? I think Craig Bellamy wore that as well, which would have been Martin O'Neill's last season, would it not? Yeah, yeah, he definitely wore it. It's, yeah. in, my, it's in my mind that Bellamy had that top on, yeah. I just wanted to say something about... Uh, about Natasha and Amy, like I can't believe somebody had to, was digging you up on Twitter saying, "Oh yeah, box ticking exercise," and it's just like really, like that is one of the most mental things I've ever read on Twitter. It's just I, I couldn't believe somebody actually was having a go on that front. But yeah. it's incredible um, what you get stick for on online, and what I try yeah. to do is go through the comments after the the broadcast as well, just to weed them out. Um, it's like a full-time job at the minute, JP. But, you know, interestingly enough, and I did say this, Stevie, you know, I had a passing interest in the result last night. Celtic are out the cup. I was doing other things, but I kept an eye on the score. JP was obviously following it because he had some cash uh, in the game. He had some skin in the game. <laughs> and when it happens, you're like, well, great, brilliant. And then I think, how does that affect Celtic? And then that that is always my key focus. At no point does it cross my mind I'm going to go on a Rangers forum or a Rangers podcast and start commenting. No. I find that behaviour absurd. <laughs> it's, it's no for me. I, I could possibly do it. So I was out last night then, just as I was going back to the car and my phone started pinging. It was texting me videos about the result. But again, I probably wouldn't even have known that Rangers were playing last night. You know, as I say. But I, I think the pressure, and I th- hope it can build momentum for Celtic. But I say, my, my concern is what Celtic do. Mm. The other side of the city... They'll have their own 
things at how they're going to progress. But if we concentrate on ourselves, and we get a run of form together and good performances allied to good result, then I think we'll be absolutely fine. I say, I would still have rather have changed the manager, but while he's in position, I'll continue to give him 100% support. Mm-hmm. Well, Will McMillan on Facebook comments that get Christie on, Frimpong off, um, get the win, then try and turn the screw in the league. Also agree with Stevie, we should be getting our games in hand played. One thing about the, the cup games last night is what we got. We got St Johnston, Livingston, St Mirren or Hibs. Right, so I think probably the favourites are going to be Hibs, which takes us on to the uh, the question of Jack Ross, who's been quoted as being a possible successor of Neil Lennon. Now, he was actually asked the question uh, in a press conference last week, and I think Jack Ross pointed out that Neil Lennon's still in position there, so you know it's a wee bit disrespectful to be asking the question. But see, when you look at... Uh, the way that some clubs deal with the situation, Stevie. And I'm, I'm referring to yesterday with West Brom. So West Brom and Chalbin are in a bad uh, run of form. Slavin Bilic gets the boot. And immediately, Allardyce is in place. And you can see Allardyce has been brought in for that you know, rescue mission, isn't he? He's yeah. coming in to save them from relegation. He said that signed into his contract that if they do get relegated, he can leave. And you're just looking at how decisive the club is, though. And I just feel that there's an indecisiveness just now about Celtic because we were in a, a position, maybe not quite as bad, it was 17 games they've gone uh, in the league, but we were in a position whereby our season was getting further and further away from us and you're relying on a, a capitulation, you're relying on things that evidentially were not going to happen, i.e. Celtic were going to start winning game after game after game this season and Rangers were going to lose games. Um, yeah, we just sat on it and hoped for the best and hoped that it would be turns round. I mean, is that the right way to approach it, Stevie, in your view, from Celtic's perspective, or should we be more decisive in making these decisions? It's definitely not the correct way, in my opinion. But I think what the situation that Celtic are in is pretty unique. Sam Allardyce, David Moyes, traditionally, Tony Poulos, these guys go in and save clubs from relegation. And they've got a great track record. We're asking somebody to come in to win a league. A very historic mm. title. Mm-hmm. So it's a different mindset that you would need for that. So these guys probably wouldn't be able to come in and do what we asked them to do or what we would need them to do. But we don't seem to have, and this is what we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, the million dollar question. Would they, Peter and Dermot, know that we don't know that they think this is the correct way to go? <clears throat> because pretty much universally, everybody thought there should have been a change. Apart from the guys who wanted Neil to stay regardless of what happened, and they're probably all the same guys who are desperate for Scott Brown to start. They think by backing them up, they're better Celtic fans, they're more loyal, they're faithful, more faithful through and through than everybody else. But there's got to be a reason why we didn't make that decision when it should have taken place. I've even heard in the last couple of weeks about we're missing the fans. We had fans when we got knocked out with Clusion Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't have the bearing that we're now claiming with Neil saying we probably would have went through if the fans would have been there. Well, the previous seasons, we had fans and we still didn't go through. Yeah, There's a fundamental thing just missing. And I say, maybe, just maybe by one stroke of good fortune, when we were forced to play the young guys last week, that the season has changed on that pivot. 
Well, I hope so, Stevie. And um, going by Mr Briggs's comments here as well, if Jack Ross wins that cup, it will push him higher on the bookie odds to be our next manager. I do I do like Jack Ross, JP, I can see you shaking your head, but I don't see him as a Celtic manager. Nah, no chance. Uh, Jack Ross, to me, you know, I think, he, I think he's a good manager, but... Uh, and he, he kind of looks like a sort of identical manager, you know, like see if you're playing FIFA and they don't have, you know, the actual faces of people when they go in to do the transfer deals and all that. He looks like you're sort of just, you know, your 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 standard manager, you know, he's dressed well and all that, talks talks well. I just don't know. I just don't know what what his what his end game is going to be. Where, I don't know what Jack Ross's highest point in his career will be. Right now, I couldn't tell you what that will be, but I, I don't think it will be a Celtic manager. That's for sure. I just don't. I just don't think he's got the got the tools. I just uh, when I look at his career, JP, I look at the Sunderland move um, being the wrong side of the Hibs move. I always felt Alawa St Mirren Hibs, and then he'd be looking maybe to move down south. That you know, and I think in many ways the Sunderland job came too soon for him. Mm. Uh, I do. I do think that they sacked him prematurely. But that's just the way it is. That's why we're talking about managers and the decisiveness um, of the clubs down there, or ruthlessness, perhaps, is a better word. Uh, but Mark, welcome back to the show, Mark. It's always a pleasure to see you commenting on YouTube. Celtic FC go for success by winning. Allardyce's success is saving clubs from relegation. So that goes back to the point you made, Stevie. I mean, to bring someone in, and I was one of the biggest advocates of making a change, to bring someone in just now, you know, it's not as though you're trying to get a run together and, and parking the bus and saving yourself from relegation. This is to turn around a season to win a league. I mean, someone hopefully can come in and help me out here. I can't think of a scenario like that where someone's come in. It's not as though Neil Lennon came in to turn anything around to win the league first time round. I mean, it's not as if we were completely out of the title race when Lenny took over from Brennan Rogers. I mean, when you're looking at that, is it just a case of the board looking at it and thinking, well, who on earth is going to come in and make that change? If we get Jack Ross, is that now Celtic strategy? Because that would be through your last seven Celtic managers that came from the Berlin. Mm. <laughs> you know, with a couple of crackers thrown in and Brendan Rodgers and Martin O'Neill and then Ronnie, you know. So I, I, I don't think Jack Ross is ready to be manager of Celtic if we have the aspirations that the fans have. I, I think we, sh- we, we, sh- we should be looking much higher up the pecking order than that. There's no disrespect to Jack Ross. I think he's a good young manager, but I don't think he's anywhere near ready to take over Celtic. Well, Keir Har on YouTube agrees with you, Stevie. He says that Jack Ross is not yet for me. Readdress him in five years and see how he's got on. It's one of the ones as well, though, that um, you might look at a, a manager. I'm going to use a couple of examples from previous uh, gaffers that have gone down south. And then... And I'm not saying for a minute that Owen Coyle should ever be the Celtic manager, but when he went down south, we wouldn't have considered him. When he left St. Johnson, we wouldn't have considered Owen Coyle as a manager of Celtic. He goes down there and makes a name for himself, and then he, but you know, he knocks us back. And that's what happens with players as well, doesn't it? There's a moment where if you don't sign again, he's out of your your price range. If you don't bring in somebody like Jack Ross, and I'm not saying I would bring him in. It gets to the stage where you can't get them because then they enter the the highest kind of paid um, managers that is beyond your kind of bracket. Although I don't think uh, Neil Lennon um, isn't well paid because you see some of the the quotations on his salary, Stevie, and he's getting paid more, I think, than virtually everybody in Serie A. They're very well paid, Neil Lennon, Celtic. But I think their next manager, and this is where you would need to know the strategy of the club. Do you bring in a young manager? who's going to be given time to develop a team 
or are we going to bring in a manager for instant success? Mm-hmm. If you're going to go to the higher echelons, then you'll have somebody else in charge of your youth setup. If you've got a younger manager, more on the ball, who's going to be involved in everything, then the whole club progresses. But that's a time-consuming thing. If we're looking at getting into a new league, by England, Atlantic League, what Kevin and Colin were talking about yesterday, you're going to need somebody who can hit the ground running and get your team in because you're not going into that to fail. So I would need to know the strategy of the club that would de- probably define what your next manager is going to be or who he's going to be. No, you're absolutely right. Now, this is another thing that's been cropping up, JP. Um, Jungle Lion asks the question, does Lennon need a father figure on board to bounce ideas off? I think, you know what, I think earlier on this season, he certainly needed somebody in whereby he's chosen them, he's selected them, and he's one of his men. Now, at the moment, I can understand why Jungle Lion's asking that question because I think that um, Neil Lennon probably does need someone to bounce ideas off, to get some kind of support from, and I don't think he's getting that at the moment from his coaching team. Did I ask a question to you, Paul? Yeah. Based on that, what's the difference between a director of football and a head of football operations? Would that not be the guy that Neil Lennon could turn to? I would expect that to be that position between the CEO or the board and the football operation. So we've already got one. And then you ask yourself, what's the relationship there? Is it working? Is the structure working? Because the other other matter would be people think, well, who is Neil Lennon's mentor? Well, it's Martin O'Neill. But Martin O'Neill's at an age now, and I'm not writing, I'm not being ageist, but in terms of football management, he's 68. So I remember when people were saying, bring in Martin O'Neill um, and Roy Keane. I mean, a lot of Celtic fans were saying, bring in Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane. For me, that ship sailed a long, long time ago. I mean, Roy Keane, although he would he would be Martin O'Neill's assistant manager, who else would allow Roy Keane to be their assistant manager? That's a genuine question. JP, I mean, he's been Martin O'Neill's assistant manager, um, Paul Lambert, of course, for a spell at Aston Villa. But... Will he get another job in football, in management? I don't think he would. Uh, I think, I mean, I, I do love Roy Keane and I think he's great. Uh, he's great TV, you know, and his little sound bites that you see from games that he's commentated on on, uh, on Sky Sports are, 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 are normally good for, uh, good for a watch. But I think, <laughs> judging by uh, the way that he's got on with players in his past and... It's just he's far too far too divisive a character, and if people you know are worried about you know the mentality of players nowadays, um, maybe not taking to Neil Lennon, how in hell would they take to Roy Keane? You know, I mean, let's face facts: the guy's an absolute maniac, <laughs> in the nicest possible way. But I mean, he is a maniac. The the big thing for me, Stevie, uh, talking about Roy Keane there and how he would deal with a player like Edward or or a surly <laughs> man like uh, in Cham, you know, if, if Neil Lennon can't deal with him. But I look at his record. I just look at his managerial record. Uh, he's only managed 181 games, so he's been assistant f- for years. His last managerial position and please someone check it on Wikipedia, but it was seven or eight years ago. And then when you look at where he's managed, uh, three seasons, so the vast majority, I think bar one season, has been in the Championship in England. So if you want to do it in merit, he wouldn't be quoted. You're doing it because of what he did as a player, uh, because of his, his his profile, I guess, because his connections with Celtic, but you certainly wouldn't be giving him a job because of his managerial um, stature or pedigree. Uh, I've thrown in a couple of names and people... 
A, have mocked me um, for throwing them in or just said, you know, th- they're not good enough. And that's something, again, that I think Celtic fans need to be wary of, Stevie. Now, when we appointed Gordon Strachan, at that time, you know, if you look at his record in English football, and yes, I know he got Southampton to an FA Cup final, but if you're looking at win percentages um, of Gordon Strachan, I mean, it was nothing to write home about. Even Brendan Rodgers, you know, a, a, a manager who we got into the habit of calling an elite manager. I think what Rodgers did is he implemented a lot of what you would describe as elite practices within the club. Yeah. So things that Celtic weren't doing before, and he had seen it at Chelsea, and he had seen it when he was at Swansea even, and Liverpool, he started implementing a lot of the elite practices. But Brendan Rodgers, when we appointed him, wasn't an elite manager. And there's other managers out there who would do um, a job, I'm not going to say the same job, because obviously Brennan Rodgers had an invincible treble season, which I don't think we'll ever see again. Um, But you've got a lot of managers who have managed at the top level in English football who would come into Celtic and make a huge change, a massive change in culture for, for a start. Now, I've mentioned previously the Mark Hughes and Mark Bowen partnership and again people say no chance because what they're looking at is they're looking at a style of football perhaps or they're looking at Mark Hughes's last managerial appointment at Southampton let's not forget that was 25 games out of 610 games at the top level English football or at international level so we better be very careful about who you would write off so when I see names like that I much prefer going and having a look at their statistics and then I say are they better than what we've got at the moment and with with those two guys, and that would probably be peppered with maybe some kind of Celtic connection. Obviously, there are various names that could be mentioned uh, from the kind of Welsh background. Then I, I I would definitely recommend that they would be better than what we've already got. And they're a management stroke coaching team. That's something we don't have at the moment. Again, Neil Lennon was quite happy to take the job, Paul. With the, those provisios, he was getting who he was to work with. If you're a top manager, or you've got that... Up- Confidence in your ability. You don't accept the conditions. Neil was more than happy to accept him. If Mark Hughes said he was coming in, Mark Hughes would tell you who his coaching team is going to be, yes. who his management staff is going to be. Roy Keane, I don't know many managers who's been a manager who then go back to being an assistant and are comfortable being that mm. because they always want to be the guy with a final decision. So Roy Keane and that, only for me, I think that, that that's the only thing that's given me a bit of hope that the person that Celtic have targeted isn't available to January. That that could be the only reason why mm. we're continuing to do what we're doing just now. There would be loads of people and very good candidates who would take that job in a heartbeat. I, I totally agree with that. What about David Moyes? Well, again, when David Moyes was linked to the job, enough a lot of Celtic fans, he's no for us and he's proven that West Ham is a very good manager. Mm-hmm. Very unlucky at Manchester United. I think so. And uh, what about yourself, JP? A few names been thrown about on the show today. What's your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I tend to agree with Stevie because, you know, we've already spoken about the astuteness, the business acumen of Peter Lowell, Dermot Desmond. Uh, they're able to make big decisions and ruthless decisions. And it could well be that they're waiting for other reasons for January. Well, well, two things. The first thing was about uh, when Lennon, uh, when Neil Lennon was, was, was brought in to replace... Uh, Brendan Rodgers after uh, after what well, you know uh, in February of 2019. At that point, do you think he was given the option to um, to try to think here? Do you think he was given the option to uh, maybe bring in his coaching staff 
in the summer after the season had finished. So just basically go with what we had. And then in the summertime, would you, or do you think because it went so well, it was kind of like, oh, well, these guys have done well for you. So, you know, how about just keeping them on? Well, I, I think when you're looking at it, it's easy now uh, to look back, but it was going well. It, that, that's the thing, JP, it was going well. And um, I think there's also a big part of the um, the issue has been that Damien Duff obviously has left, so the dynamic has changed. But um, you, you speak to or you hear what Damien Duff says about John Kennedy, and he rates him very, very highly. Um, Damien Duff has been replaced by Gavin Strachan, um, and obviously he's... A guy who's taken a lot of stick um, in relation to how he got the job, why he got the job. We know that it certainly wasn't Neil Lennon's um, selection, but by all accounts, the uh, the actual arrangement was run past Neil Lennon in the end. Neil Lennon wanted Tommy Johnson. That's who Neil Lennon wanted as his coach, and he didn't get him. So, yeah. you know, that for me was a bigger error. So, yeah, last season, you look at how that, happened after uh, Rogers left you've got Duff you've got Kennedy and Lennon it worked so a lot of the time you don't question it but we're probably guilty of that anyway GP don't, aren't we I mean we're fickle as football fans um, yeah. and if we, if we go on a, a 12, 15, 20 game uh, run just now a lot of the people who have been uh, shouting for sack the boards will become very quiet and we know that from <laughs> the first time it happened back in the 90s Jim Moore speaks about that but we are fickle and we take that on board. But I, I think one of the biggest issues has been the fact that when there was an, an opportunity after the success for Neil Lennon to choose his own man, I think that's where the problem's been. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think, you know, the, the, the Strachan appointment uh, confuses me uh, because it doesn't seem it doesn't seem to fit with everything else that's gone on, you know. <laughs> Was I mean, the, the, did Neil Wennon even meet Gavin Strachan before? Did he know him? I know that he's pals with, with Gordon Strachan and stuff like that, but I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean by proxy that he you know, knows his son. Mm-hmm. So I just don't know like, what sort of connection there was there between them. And, uh, you know, knowing that Neil Wennon wanted perhaps Tommy Johnson or, or Johan Mialbe as, as his assistant, you know, to come in at that point, it, it just points to a disconnect then between between Neil Wennon and and the and the board. I, I still feel uncomfortable about talking about potential new managers at this point. And it not it's not because I have some sort of you know blind loyalty to Neil Lennon because of what he's done for the club. I just think it's because he's the manager in, in situ at the moment still and and you know I I want to support him while he's there and and, and I thought we were moving towards a point when we lost to Ross County, that it was going to be game over for him. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was starting to look like, how is he coming back from this? But, I mean, he is on the ropes. He's got, you know, a, 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 you know, a bloody nose, uh, a burst eye, you know, everything is, is going against him here. But, I mean, if, if, if anybody could turn something round like this, it's Neil Lennon. Let's face facts. I mean, he, he, what he's done in the past... If anybody could come back from this, then it's him. And uh, I, I would be one of the happiest uh, people on the planet if he did, because uh, I, I've only met him a couple of times. But you know, it, the guy's a legend. Let's face facts; he's a legend. No, that doesn't change. You're spot on. Now um, we're just watching David Moyes on the TV just now, Stevie, and I think you're right. He's he's proved that he's a he's a very very capable manager. Um, but let's get Sunday out of the way. We'll see what happens on Sunday. But um, 
Stevie, you'll be back on Saturday with St. Rocks for the, the yep, treble, the quadruple treble it. charity fundraiser, which I'm looking forward to. We'll keep pushing that, so check all the socials. And for everybody else, if you've not already uh, subscribed, please do so on YouTube, uh, because we're going out every single day. All that's left for me to say is thank you once again, JP Mason and Stevie Mullen, for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. Marketers Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.